the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The United States is making efforts to evacuate up to 9,000 Afghan refugees per day. Say, man, how many are there? There's over 100,000. We had a lot of help over there and a lot of people who are in peril because of the tail between the legs, uh, ineffective, ineffectual, embarrassing, humiliating, disgraceful fashion in which we left. We talked about that with Dr. Glenn Doerr of Cedarville University. Uh, You can catch that on the second portion of today's podcast as we podcast the show in half-hour increments for you at 989theanswer.com. 12.15, Omar Tarazi will be in studio. Omar is a Hilliard City Councilman. He ran for the 15th Congressional District seat in the, uh, well, the opportunity to run for it, Steve Stiver's seat. And I'm curious, how does a regular, ordinary citizen decide to run for Congress? What do you learn doing that? I think all of us are at a point where we have a certain frustration with government, and we wonder, can it be fixed? I thought the perspective of someone who's run for office and learned the things that you can only learn by running for office would be valuable, and uh, so I'm looking forward to having Omar in studio at 12.15 today. A Franklin County uh, judge, or rather a U.S. district judge, has uh, dismissed a lawsuit where uh, people were trying to get the state of Ohio to pay, children's services to pay relatives, as much to take care of foster kids as they pay foster parents who are not related, not blood relatives, of the child. This, remember, came up in the aftermath of Micaiah Bryant's death when the story of her... hmm, uneven, difficult foster care came to light? Why did the relative who had her and her sister, uh, why was she unable to keep them? The money was cited as an issue. It's unfair. People were like, see if this hadn't happened. We always try to fix problems after the fact. Uh, Licensed foster parents get more than what they consider kinship caregivers. So... It's been looked at, it's been litigated, it's been dismissed. The timing is somewhat odd in that the autopsy report for Micaiah Bryant uh, has been released. And I don't really see any purpose in this. I mean, we know she died by a police shooting. We know that it was an unfortunate outgrowth of uh, an angry outburst. And uh, the only question I have on this, this shooting went to the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office, which is, you know, procedure, I get it. In July, why is this not okayed by now? That there's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. 
Very unfortunate. Two things can be true at once. Very unfortunate. Also very unavoidable. Unless we wanted to, you know, trade Micaiah Bryant's death for the other girl's death and trade a shooting death by police for a stabbing death or serious injury. And you certainly don't have time in the moment to know. I wonder if she's going to kill her. Well, maybe not. Maybe it'll just you don't have time to make that judgment. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, The COVID numbers in Ohio, oh, well, were red all over. 85 of the 88 counties in Ohio are red. Red is now the color of terror, right? Lucky Ashtabula, lucky Hancock, lucky Athens counties. You're only orange. Interestingly, when you look at a map of the United States, like the whole map from... Pretty much if you take a chunk from Kansas east all the way to West Virginia, north to the southernmost tip of uh, Lake Ontario, all the way down to Florida, all the way to El Paso, all the way to Miami, it's all red. Okay, So the middle third of the United States... I mean, if Anthony Fauci has his way, we'll all be dead soon because he keeps talking about uh, how awful this third wave of COVID is. Uh, Like he has on everything, Anthony Fauci has misstated the percentage of people who need to be vaccinated or, well, he never cites normal immunity based upon infection and recovery. What do you, just, let's just do a little test, you and I, okay? I know I can't hear you, but you can hear me. What percentage of people needed to be vaccinated to reach herd immunity? You got your answer? That's right. It was 70%. 70%. Well, now the Infectious Diseases Society of America estimates that herd immunity will not happen unless we get to well over 80% and possibly 90%, Hmm, which means never. We will never get to that. Don't take my word for it. Take the word of a gentleman by the name of Greg Poland, director of vaccine research at the Mayo Clinic. He would definitely know what he talks about. Poland says herd immunity cannot be reached even with a vaccination rate of as high as 95%. How long before Fauci admits that? How many more, how many more television interviews can I squeeze out of my undeserved fame? Here's the quote from uh, Mr. Poland. It is a neck-and-neck race between the development of ever more highly transmissible variants, which develop the capacity to evade immunity and immunization rates. Can I translate that for you? Virus gonna virus. Yes, viruses mutate. They adapt. Fortunately, here's the good news. You'll only hear it from me or maybe your pastor. God has gifted you with an amazing body that reacts and adapts and adjusts to all kinds of germs out there in the world that you don't see and don't think about because of the miraculous way you are made. You don't have to follow him. You don't have to read your Bible You don't have to even believe in him for that to be true. You atheists out there, you 
you are basking in the goodness of God because you have a body that he gave you, created for you to adapt to these kinds of things. I know Anthony Fauci thinks that he's the one who's saving you, and he thinks, in fact, that he is God, but he is not. And I had COVID. I'm blessed that I recovered from it without much incident. I will be interested in the next several months to hear the results of a physical examination that someone close to me is going to have, because I know at that physical examination, like the one that I underwent in February, three months after having COVID, that examination for this person will reveal whether they have COVID antibodies in their blood. And if they do, then I will know that a full 11 months after they were infected with COVID, they have antibodies in their body, which is becoming glaringly apparent is not the case with the Pfizer vaccine. Maybe with Moderna, maybe with J&J. But we shall see what that blood test reveals. Just know that if you listen to the authorities, you will be strong-armed into getting a third dose of the vaccine. If, in fact, you've gotten the other two. If you haven't, you are such a terrible person. You don't care about killing grandma. You don't care about other people. You don't care about the kids. What is wrong with you? Oh, I think I might be able to diagnose your problem. You, it appears, are suffering from a very serious case of having a mind of your own. It is 12.20 on the Bruce Hooley Show, Tuesday edition. Catch us on the podcast, 989theanswer.com. And I wanted to have in studio Omar Tarazi. Omar uh, reached out to me, and he didn't ask to come on the show. He just reached out, and I was touched by the way you reached out to me last week, where you called and just said, you know, I didn't win the primary for 15th Congressional District, but I don't want to just try and lose and leave it here and not do anything. How can we help things moving forward? So I applaud you in your desire to make things better going forward, and uh, I'm just happy you had the time to come in today. Sure, absolutely. Actually, I knew from the beginning, even when running, that this is, we have a lot going on wrong in our country, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's structure. It's very deep. I mean, we can just use this whole Afghanistan issue as just a like exhibit A from the most recent debacle of incompetence and lack of accountability. So what we really need to do, in my view, is start a movement for change where it's, you know, it's not just one can, even if I had won um, and I'm uh, then or any one person winning, they're not going to be able to do anything. You're going to have to create uh, a network of people working together that would not otherwise think to work together uh, and uh, really create the foundations for um, a faith rejuvenation in the country, a, a, a collaboration in this country that is not currently existing to bring about the kind of change that we need uh, on the national level. Well, I think what gives me so much hope about that viewpoint is um, we are, I've always said, a, a singularly unique nation. We are a conglomeration of different ideas, different ethnicities, different faiths. You have a different faith than I do, but we're both very loyal to our faith, very immersed in our faith. You are a Muslim. Mm-hmm. 
looking at that corner of the world now in Afghanistan, I know it's very nuanced, very deep, very involved. What do you think, having interacted with people who have a different faith than you do over the years in your service in Hilliard, you're on the Hilliard City Council, what do we not know that we need to understand to either make sense of that or to have a better perspective than we have on that? Because I think most people's perspective on it is just everybody over there in that portion of the world hates us and wants to wipe out Israel, and we can't allow that to happen, hence we're always going to be enemies with them. Right. Um, let me address the first piece of that question, and then mm-hmm. we'll get into the foreign policy dimension, which is huge. And I, I know a lot of people these days are like, my life is busy. I don't have time for this. Why are we even over there? Let's yeah. get it over with. Um, but the first piece of this is about the faith issue. I'm actually the first Muslim elected, as far as I know, in central Ohio. And I was elected as a Republican, which at the time everybody said, there's no chance in hell you're going to uh, <laughs> win as a Republican. They all hate us and whatnot. And same thing with... Um, uh, uh, this was during the time of Trump, and of course, people were like, "Oh, nobody, everybody hates Republicans yeah. in the suburbs and so forth." Sure. And the 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 answer is, and I think the unifying piece in this is when you're truly committed to servant leadership. I think that that, as a faith based construct, um, is very unifying to all kinds of people. It, it transcends party and it transcends faiths, mm-hmm. and it brings people together. And which is what we're doing on city council. It's all kinds of faiths with Catholics and. Mormons, I think, and mm-hmm. Muslim and whatnot. But we are all committed to that basic idea of servant leadership and putting the, the people first. And I think that that's where the differences become a strength. Um, and, and I think that that's something that the culture change that we really need to work together on collectively to bring to the national level. That's uh, <laughs> very well said. Let's, uh, I want to come back to that, but, but touch on the Middle East Let's piece. Let's touch on the, the Middle puzzle. East issue as well. So what we're dealing with there there's several different ways to this is a huge topic so let's talk about it from the beginning of we spent 20 years over there two trillion dollars mm-hmm. and and so forth and uh, not to mention the lives lost 2500 uh, servicemen uh, something like 4000 or something uh, contractors etc all that and the there is absolutely no accountability uh, on the federal government mm-hmm. uh, at all zero same thing with 2008 crisis same thing with the border same things with uh, every time you see the bigger the mess the bigger the crisis, the less accountability, the more people get rewarded golden parachutes. Now you're an analyst at CNN or whatever, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, that's right. So we have a – when you have – you can't even begin to deal with what's going on over there unless you can hold your – and look at the same time, by the way. While we don't hold the big people accountable for big crisis and disasters – you can be fired for something you said 20 years ago that's now against the politically correct woke movement and right. so forth. Cancel. So uh, accountability is completely wa- messed up in our country. We need to hold our leaders accountable when they fail. People absolutely have to be fired as a result of this debacle that happened. Just even how we're, we're getting people out of there, it's just a complete disaster. It is. Um, and, and we need to make sure, as, and I think this should be a, a cross-party issue. Everybody should be saying, hey, there, some people need fired for this. Can, now, that be, can that be done when influencers, and I'm talking about my former field, the media, because I don't feel like I'm in the media anymore, can that be done? Can accountability happen when it seems like the, the, the lion's share of the influencing by the media is to excuse it, hide it, obfuscate it? I mean, you know, we can talk about this on a number of levels. Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, we're not even going to talk about it before the election. I mean, the kinds of things that when I got into journalism would have been absolutely unthinkable are done on a routine basis now in our national media. Right. And I think that um, that the issue here is 
we are becoming much more of a tribal-based politics in our country, where basically if you're part of the tribe, the tribe protects you even no matter what you screw up. Yeah. And if you're not part of the tribe, you get hung out to dry and destroyed for the slightest thing simply because we want to get at the other side's tribe, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so the more we kind of fall into this sort of third-world tribalism standard of politics, which is very different then uh, now there's always tribal and that's never it's never not it's a human quality but but what we did unique in america was create a middle class where people were able to transcend tribalism and that's where common sense comes from you can be democrat republican christian muslim whatever but we're all here because we care about the country and some level of common sense can prevail where i see that what we used to have that we don't have anymore is a is a shared set of common values right like freedom and liberty mattered you know mm-hmm. like truth mattered one of the most insidious phrases I see out there today, Omar, is my truth, your truth. Because to me, that's, that's no more than opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, truth is not movable. It's not shapeable. But we don't have that shared value anymore. I mean, I, I can't find a Democrat that I could ever reach an accord on on life issues. But I have Democratic friends. But I have Democratic, had Democratic friends who now have written me out of their life because I was a Donald Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. Even though we should have a lot of other things we can agree on. I'm not going to defriend somebody because they don't happen to share my opinion that life begins in the womb. But the tribalism, as you say, on that side of the aisle, and it's, sometimes it's on the right side of the aisle toward the left, too. We're just intolerant of listening. We don't even have a, a common courtesy to listen to each other, hear each other out. Right, because we've made truth and virtue and all those things secondary to power. That what's, mm. what gets you power is truth. And and uh, and we've uh, broken down the instru- infrastructure in society that creates an independent truth of power, and that's what really the religious organizations should be in society um, is providing the timeless truth, essentially that's disconnected from the power structure. But we found is the power structures co-opted that. So you know the mosques and the churches and everybody else, to a large degree, have kind of set aside the timeless truth and are now well whatever is politically correct. That's what, you know, uh, is, is uh, what everybody runs after because we've sort of consolidated. And, and it's really exactly the same kind of tribalism that you see a lot of the Middle Eastern countries. All these people that have come here came here because of the common sense, middle class approach to governance where you're actually making decisions for the benefit of the whole and ran away from that kind of tribalism politics, which is very destructive, counterproductive, harmful and everything else. And we have, we're just, we're, instead of leading the, the world forward, we're actually backsliding in how we are running things. Now, how do you turn that around is the question. Yeah, it is a question. And I think it's a good question for people to hang on and hear because I want to get into that with you. In a small scale, what I see, you're so right. People come here because we offer certain things. And I see this like in the phenomenon of people moving from California. I want to get away from the high taxes. I want to get away from the policies. They move to Arizona, and then instead of voting differently, Arizona turns from red to blue. So how do we not backslide and do that? We'll get into that next with Omar Tarazi here on The Bruce Hooley Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.